For more on this and the Patriots offseason, as the Combine rolls on in Indianapolis, we're joined by Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston on the Harbor One Hotline. He's brought to you by Drains by James. At Drains by James, they give a poop about your pipes. What's going on this week, Tom? Hello, Adam. Hi, Mego. Hey, what's up, Tommy? How are you? Oh, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're just trying to figure out what's going on with Gerard Mayo going from burn some cash and we're going to spend a thousand percent to now saying, ah, you can't just buy everybody in free agency and seeming to pump the brakes and walk those comments back. Why, uh, why do you think he's doing that? I think the comment itself was kind of tongue in cheek, a little bit glib. And he probably realized that, yeah, it's a little bit unserious and that's probably not the first impression I want to send out there because I think burn some cash. Certainly anyone hearing that would say, whoa, 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 whoa. But when you look at or hear the context in which he was uttering it, it was, again, you know, probably too glib by half for a new head coach to say it that way. And that would be my guess. I didn't talk about him direct, about it with him directly because I'm not an indie. Do you, do you think he did it on his own? Do you think, do you think he maybe got uh, uh, slapped on the wrist or bopped on the nose like Mego had to do with Killington last night? Do you think, do you think he was uh, told to walk it back, in other words? I don't know. I think that anybody, I mean, he's a smart guy, and maybe he saw the reaction to it and realized it certainly on his own. So I don't know if he was told to walk it back or not, but I think that anybody who would see the resulting outcry or the reaction to the comment, he might say, ah, maybe that was, that was a little bit overboard. So I don't know if he was told to walk it back or not. When you look at free agency, and I know we're still a couple of weeks away from it, but worth looking at the landscape, do you think it offers what the Patriots need on offense, whether it be tackles or the wide receivers? And that's certainly pertinent when we see some guys getting tagged right now. Yeah, I think that they can definitely do some damage in free agency, and I think that they can do some damage with their own free agents. And what Elliot Wolf was saying this week about weaponizing the offense and making um, making it competitive it seemed to indicate that they could do that fairly quickly. So to me, that means you're looking at tackles, you're looking at wide receivers, you're looking at all the spots that they have yawning, gaping holes at, and those are included with their own free agents. They don't have any tight ends on the roster. So you have Hunter Henry. Do you re-sign him? Certainly he's you know, a borderline top dozen tight end. Certainly not elite, but he would be a good signing for them. Does he get a raise? Where do you go in free agency relative to wide receiver? Is Calvin Ridley who you want? How will those guys succeed or do in a Patriots system and in the climate? All those things, I think, have to be climate, meaning the weather. You take a guy from Jacksonville and Calvin Ridley who played at Alabama and put him up in New England, how will he perform? So all those things have to be weighed. Tyler Boyd, do you want to go try and take a player like that? from Cincinnati since they're franchising T Higgins and they already have money tied up in Jamar Chase. So I think there's plenty of answers out there, but also that draft and develop, I think is significant too, that Elliot Wolf talked about too, where they're going to try and take players who they can get something out of really quickly and and develop them on the field. Uh, Tom, you have a series going, uh, I think you've gone through at least three positions, quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, if I'm not mistaken, and you can check these out Mm -hmm. at NBC Sports Boston. Uh, I've noticed you've prioritized all of those positions. You're grading them on a a scale of one through five. You've graded them all five, high priority, quarterback, wide receiver, 
and running back. Uh, what does that tell you, A, about how dire their needs are, and B, uh, where do you think they dabble in free agency with some of those positions? Yeah, the fives are just going to keep coming because <laughs> they, they just – every position is high priority. You know, I looked at it, and people probably already have seen it themselves. You know, they have $58 million right now spoken for in offensive spending. That's total. That's 32nd in the league. Uh, whoever is first, and I can't remember who it is, might be New Orleans. It's 190. Might not be New Orleans, but they're top five. But the Patriots only have $58 million allocated toward their offense. Now you can say that, well, that's because Bill was so thrifty. Bill wasn't so thrifty. The guys that he signed didn't work out. They didn't want Johnny Smith to wash out in two years. They didn't want play. They wanted players to succeed. They could have spent that money on, you know, a Jacoby Myers. They could have spent that money on a DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't. And the players that they have, you know, for instance, at, at running back, they only have one guy under contract who is a significant contributor, unless you want to count Jamichael Hasty, for instance, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. So they have to spend money offensively. Again, Mego asked the question, and I. Would you bring Ezekiel Elliott back? I 1 million percent would. Would you go and look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Eh, maybe. Or, as you and I talked about just a little bit on text, would you go into the draft and, and take a guy like uh, the Oregon running back, Bucky Norris? Bucky Irving. Who was someone I met? Bucky Irving. I like Bucky Irving. Bucky uh, and, you know, His you friends call him the, Bucky Norris is what they do, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a space running back who is 5'9", unbelievably sudden, and they just have not done anything to replace that position since, since James White left. They used to have a stable running back that would be a bell cow back, um, a back who could be a hybrid, which Ezekiel Elliott can kind of be, and then their third down back. Now they have kind of two redundant bell cow backs. So going back to free agency really quick, because I, I think that it, by all accounts, like I'm very optimistic about the talent in this draft. But since free agency is coming up first, is it realistic to think that they can land elite talent, elite talent on offense that they've been lacking over the last couple seasons? I don't think that that's the way they want to do it. I think that they absolutely understand that they are forced in some ways do that, but what what do we consider elite talent? I mean, if like say we look at Amari Cooper as a you know borderline elite player at the wide receiver position, he's not available. But who else is? Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman, who the team in Indianapolis says they're going to definitely retain. There's not a lot of elite talent wandering around at the skill positions that we're talking about. Um, so again, it, elite, elite you're going to pay through the nose for it, and you don't have a, a quarterback. If you want Jacoby Myers, excuse me, if you want uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, you're probably in the 7 or $8 million range per year at least at the quarterback position, maybe even more. I'd have to double-check what his contract was for last year. But, you know, they're going to have to spend a lot, and they're going to have to spend kind of a, a suck tax, as I've been calling it. They were 4-13 and 13 <laughs> last year. And they have to convince players to come here. You know, the NFLPA survey doesn't help them. The 4-13 and record doesn't help them. The seeming uncertainty from outside the organization looking in as to exactly what you're going to be doesn't help them. State income tax doesn't help. Weather doesn't help. Millionaire's tax doesn't help. So 
whether elite players who want to win, and I talked to Brian Hoyer today, it was really good, and he talked about you know the draw in free agency that evaporates with Tom Brady not here. It's, it's the opposite of Tom Brady now. You actually have to overspend to get players to come. Okay, it's a suck tax. I like that. We can uh, we can start using that here. Uh, you mentioned the NFLPA uh, team report. Patriots did very poorly in that. You just said that's a factor uh, for them. Uh, why and how relevant do you think that is with free agency two weeks away? I think it's relevant because players are going to look at, okay, well, what's my best situation? When I have two offers on the table from two different teams and the agent presents them to me and – we talk about where I want to be. How do the Patriots compare to the Jacksonville Jaguars, for instance, if you're Calvin Ridley and there's no state income tax in Florida and you're with a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who's entering his fourth season and it's a team that's been to the playoffs and you understand what it's all about. How do the Patriots you know, relate to the Jacksonville Jaguars in those different things? What's ownership like? Well, I think the Crest, look, they got to do something because either, and, and I'll, I'll say this, as I look at this, either I'm incredibly naive and believe everything that they say about, or the players are a bunch of whiners. Then the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But I, I can't believe that the organization is that poorly run to, to allow themselves to have an F minus in family. What was it? Family comfort. Or family accommodations? Yeah, it was. Uh, I can get you the exact wording on it, but yeah, with family treatment, but something it, like that. Yeah, that's just that's just announces that we're not doing enough. And what can they do? It was interesting. It was pointed out as we were sitting there. Andy Hart was on NBC Sports Boston last night, and he brought up a good point. You know, their post game spread, and these things matter. I I would think their post game spread is in the concourse. Mego, you've seen it outside the media room and locker room behind a giant canopy that's held up with metal bars. They just have it in the hallway. It's not exactly super luxe. No. How are you going to put up all the family, friends, and et cetera of 90 to 100 players and staff? You need a big area. That might be the most opportune way to do it, but you're also sitting in the cold. So, Maybe things like that. And I don't know. It's not my facility. I don't understand how to do it. But you got to look at a way to bump things up. They already are working on a new weight room. We'll see if that is drastically different from the low grades they got there, too. But you have to do things that move the needle a little bit. And this was done between August and November. These polls were taken. So um, all of these things are considerations for free agents. Just real quick, and if you don't know the answer, just just tell us. But what is there an ETA on that weight room? Would that like would it be for the start of next year, or is that like a longer term thing? Su- I'd be surprised if it isn't done by next year, because as we walk along from our media area, like they have retrofitted multiple times this facility, and where we used to have a media room is now been eliminated by, I believe, weight rooms and meeting rooms, and so. The weight room, however, is under construction at the front of the building. But I look at it like, oh, this is like a good place to work out. But I'm certainly not, you know, training for an NFL game. So I don't know if it's good enough or not. But all those things, it it would seem by next year, because they've been working on it throughout, you know, I think it was a Matt Patricia baby, to believe it or not, um, that he kind of 
hatch the idea for what it should look like. So it's just to say it's been in the works since he was here. Okay. He is Tommy Curran. Check out his work, NBC Sports Boston, uh, Quick Slants podcast. He's on Tuesdays with Gresham Fourier. He's on here with Jones and Mego every Thursday at 3.30. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. All right, Thanks, Tommy Tom. Curran, as all our guests on the Harbor One Hotline. Matt Patricia designed their gym. That's probably not a bad thing. Is it not? He's an engineering guy. Mm-hmm. Why? Okay. I am the peak of physical fitness. <laughs> yeah, does he look like a big workout guy? Oh, come guy? on. What do you mean, I, oh, come I on? I would trust Matt Patricia to design a gym. You would? Right? Excuse yeah. me, there you are would? not nearly yes, enough stations Why? for dipping because condiments. Because his background is like in engineering stuff. He's so? got one of those spatial brains. Does he? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. That doesn't make me feel better about their weight room. And by the way, let's see when that thing actually gets finished. My guess is it'll be done in time for the World Cup. You look like somebody who's very discerning about a weight room. I uh, trust me, as I, in but, you won't go in one. Okay, right, but like I'm not. I would never claim to design one, Mego. Like I'd never be like, oh yeah, I put together a, a weight room and what like my weight, know, Jones? all of my insight. And people would look at me and go, Jones, you designed a weight room. That's probably a horrible weight room. It's not unfair to say about Matt Patricia. I don't. I I don't exactly think that's the guy I want designing my weight room. You know, he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, 617-779-7937. Uh, we'll continue with all your feedback. Jake DeBrusque weighed in on trade rumors, by the way. We'll get to that with more of your Patriots phone calls next.